0: After Darius Geis' release, Washington's backfield is up for grabs. We take a look at it on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the start of another week. Thanks for kicking off your week with us here on Fantasy Football in 15. I am Michael Beller joined as I am for every FFN 15 episode with uh, Derek Van Riper. DVR, what's going on my man?
1: Not too much. Another weekend in the books. Another Monday on tap for us. Uh, looking forward to another big week of news. Yeah, we are going
0: to uh, focus this episode of Fantasy Football in 15 entirely on the one single biggest piece of news that came out over the weekend. News breaking late Friday. This of course being very bad news. Darius Geis released by the Washington football team after uh, he was arrested on domestic violence charges. So Darius Geis will not be playing football, as he should not be for quite some time. Uh, We are going to talk about the uh, new look of this Washington backfield with our uh, Washington football team beat writer Ben Standig. Ben, thanks for joining us today.
2: Guys, uh, uh, I appreciate uh, appreciate you guys giving me some run training camp because, you know, kicking off, and I need to get some extra reps in, so I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we are uh, happy to do that. Obviously, very unhappy for the reason that we turned to you to do that. So, guys gone. We know the names that are involved in this backfield. Adrian Peterson, Antonio Gibson, who everyone has been loving, everyone's favorite sleeper this fantasy season. Bryce Love, you still got Peyton Barber also, and J.D. McKissick in the mix. Uh, as you see it right now, what should we be expecting from this backfield?
2: So it's a lot of unknowns. I mean, obviously, even w- when Geis was there, it was super confusing because you had six guys for maybe four or may- at most five roster spots, and then the idea of how to figure out how you were going to play these guys. You know, Peterson's obviously the safe and steady option, but this is a, feels like a rebuild team, and you have a lot of young and exciting players. Why wouldn't you give them as much work as possible? So how that was going to work out was pretty confusing. I-, I think, though, that with Geis gone, what, what, what my, my thinking is right now is, If I'm a fantasy owner and I'm going with sort of that, you know, RB zero kind of a strategy where I'm waiting on a running back, I think the first month of the year, I think Peterson is probably pretty locked to be the guy that that he'll have the best opportunity uh, to, to get the most work. And, you know, obviously he's not, he's been pretty solid the the last couple of years, even with the offense overall, not being so great. I think he's the safe play. Is that where I would want to go? No, because I don't, that to me is not exciting. And you would like to think over time, as I said, that they probably would start going elsewhere to some of the younger guys. You mentioned Gibson. He's obviously an incredibly interesting talent coming out of Memphis. Is he a running back? Is he a receiver? He's got size. He's got speed. The highlight reel is pretty breathtaking. But, you know, at the same time, how are they actually going to use him? I don't know if he's going to be early on a guy who's going to get more than, you know, eight touches or so a game. Maybe, Uh, you know, they use him in specialized circumstances as a A little bit of a gadget guy while they figure out what to do with him. But he's definitely the upside play to get. And then you have a guy like Bryce Love, who's a total wild card. He's been cleared to practice after missing all of last year with a knee injury. But at the same time, you know, we haven't seen him play. He wasn't much of a pass catcher at Stanford. And in in this offense, a Scott Turner uh, playbook, pass catching is kind of a big deal. So, you know, how much does he play with these guys? And then there's still even like JD McKissick and Peyton Barber, which we can get into. So it's an interesting group. I think Peterson's the safe guy, and Gibson's definitely the the big flyer to to target.
1: It's wild looking at this, because as you said, I didn't really like the way things lined up, even with Geis there. I thought Geis made sense just based on raw talent for a while, and I think your assessment of Peterson's dead on. Like Just being familiar with the offense, being who he is— Starting the season with him as the primary ball carrier makes a lot of sense. And I, I think a big part of this that is complicated is Gibson. And I don't think we're gonna really know like how exactly they wanna get him involved in the offense until you get a look at some practices during training camp. I mean, if you had to project touches per game for Antonio Gibson to begin the season, be that on the ground or as a pass catcher, do you think he's getting enough volume to be viable anytime Within the first four weeks, or do you think he's more of a second half of the season sort of a guy because of his versatility?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's obviously, you know, you're going to every, every beat writer you're talking to that covers the team, I'm sure says some version of this, but it's so challenging to project some of these things. But I think it's even more so when you consider new coaching staff. Gibson's a, a new player. He's not even a player that you can look to and say, yeah, he did this in college, therefore this is the type of player he'll be in the pros. He, did, he only, he only rushed the ball like a, a relatively small amount of times, like in the in the 20s, uh, over the course of an entire college season. So he's not a guy that you're going, well, off the bat, he's going to get 15 touches a game. Even if Peterson wasn't there, I don't know if that's what they would be doing w- w- with him. The other inter- interesting part is Washington's wide receiver situation is kind of messy. Other than Terry McLaurin, there's really not a ton you can point to. Steven Sims is interesting, and they drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden in the fourth round, but you know, from a proven standpoint, it's McLaurin, and then you kind of wait and see. And the depth behind those three is, is really falls off. So Gibson could see some some work there as well, which potentially makes him even more interesting from a fantasy perspective. But at the same point, you know, how much are they really going to try to throw on this rookie right off the bat? I mean, they have said he's he's been kind of in both rooms to some degree. But uh, so I, I do think there's an upside. I, I just question, and I probably would for almost any rookie early on, how much work they're really going to get to start a season. Uh, it just feels like, and, and also, let's add another layer. You have Dwayne Haskins, a quarterback who's still learning this game. The the, the left side of the offensive line is a complete mystery right now who's going to start. So, And the tight end position, if, the, if Washington doesn't have the worst tight end situation in the league, I feel bad for the other team. So, I, <laughs> I, it, so with all that uncertainty, I just don't know how much you add more to the mix. Over time, of course, you need to see him play, but it does feel like Peterson is the lead McKissick on third. That could be the, that could be the formula kind of going early on. And then they kind of, you know, again, get Gibson, maybe eight touches or so a game and then see what, see what happens from there.
0: Yeah, Peterson's been stubbornly productive in his time with Washington you go back to 2018 1042 yards and seven touchdowns on the ground last year 898 yards five touchdowns on the ground not eye-popping numbers and he hasn't done a ton as a receiver but has still been able to be a you know useful productive running back as he ages into his mid-30s um do you see him going away? And what I mean by that is we know he's going to be the guy early in the season. That is, I think, uh, pretty much a fact at this point. But let's say Gibson starts playing well. Let's say Bryce Love plays well. Can they play Antonio or Adrian Peterson out of a job? Or is he going to be there and involved all season?
2: Yeah, it's confusing. So when when Geis was still there, my, part of my thought was, is there a world in which all these guys look so good, the younger guys look so good during... Camp that you know the, even the short version that there's a world where the, the the coaching staff says hey we just need to move forward with these younger players what, whatever happens this year we'll take our lumps but we need to get these guys on the field and if that means moving on from Peterson who is such a ginormous presence I mean I, I don't know if people remember last year for Week One it was a big stink around here because not only did Jay Gruden decide that Darius guys would start but he had a Adrian Peterson inactive since Adrian Peterson doesn't play on special teams and you know they were going to go three running backs guys. Chris Thompson is the pass catcher. And then a third back was a Wendell Smallwood. Then I don't remember, but I think a third back to, uh, to be sort of the special teams guy. And that became a huge stink. Of course, guys gets hurt in week one and then Peterson's right back in the mix and never leaves. So if, they, if we reach a point where Adrian Peterson, this legendary hall of fame running back, like you said, they're like, okay, we've seen this. We want to get Gibson more involved. We need to get Bryce love on the field. Peterson's going to have to sit. And then if he sits, then do you keep him inactive? I don't know. If Wilson, I don't know where Ron Rivera's stomach is for that type of thing. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but it probably, if I had to guess, it probably is going to take a lot for that to happen. Um, I, I think Peterson's probably around a bunch. I, I will add this I interviewed Ron Rivera one on one a couple weeks ago for the Athletic. And one of the questions I asked him, and I used the running backs as the avatar essentially for him, what's the mentality between you obviously want to win games? I get that. But. You also talk a lot about culture. You have a lot of young guys on this team. How, how, how much, how important is it to establish what you guys are going to be moving forward, even if you take some lumps now? And he basically said that in terms of the running backs, he was fine with whoever started, but that for him, he wasn't worried about winning early. He was worried about doing the right thing early. Uh, I, I think that kind of cuts both ways here. I think Peterson is probably doing it the right way early, but eventually I think they will probably, if I had to guess, they would lean towards the future and, and establishing what they're going to be Going forward, if you want Scott Turner's offense, that's not Adrian Peterson. It's a that's a Christian McCaffrey type back, which I'm not saying Antonio Gibson is McCaffrey, but they have made the comparison from a style standpoint. That's the guy they want in there in terms of what this offense can be. So over time, I think Peterson fades off, but that's all relative to how much these young guys develop and kind of where they are as a team.
1: You know, if you're not close to this team, you'd almost wonder if the quarterback situation is unsettled and. I feel like Dwayne Haskins should start all 16 games, and it really shouldn't even be a debate. Like He is the quarterback of the future. If you're trying to do the right thing for the long term, even with the flaws around him, the concerns on the offensive line, the terrible tight end group, the lack of solid receivers behind McLaurin and and Steven Sims, like you still want Haskins out there getting valuable reps in Turner's offense, right? Is there really any sort of competition for the starting job whether it be from Alex Smith maybe getting healthy at some point or from Kyle Allen or is Haskins clearly the starter on this team at this point.
2: Well, I'll put Alex Smith off on the side for now. Uh, I think it's I think the overwhelming odds are that Dwayne Haskins, you know, starts week one and plays all or at least the vast majority of the season. I, I think that when Ron Rivera came to Washington, he basically without saying this, and he can effectively confirmed this to me in the interview that I mentioned a minute ago that, you know, he came in, he basically laid down a challenge to Dwayne Haskins. I get it. You were the first round pick. You were a big deal at Ohio State. You're a local kid in the D.C. area. You know, you played high school ball in the D.C. area. And there's a lot that goes into all that, whether that's pressure or maybe even you thinking, you know, you're kind of the man because of all that. And I just want you to understand, I don't really care about any of that. I, you know, Ron Rivera talked about a quarterback competition very early on. We all thought that maybe meant Cam Newton, perhaps, or, you know, maybe, I didn't really think they would draft somebody, but you bring in some veteran. Uh, They ended up bringing in Kyle Allen, who was a quarterback for Carolina the last two years. He started, what, 12 games, I think, last year when Cam Newton got hurt under Rivera. Kyle Allen's obviously not a a dynamo quarterback, but he's by far the most experienced quarterback in this system. And I think he gives Rivera a fallback. If Dwayne Haskins doesn't do what he wants, he has somebody he knows that'll play and at least simulate the offense to the way that they want it to go. But I think the good thing is Haskins did what they wanted him to do this offseason. He, he dropped weight. He, he said he's down to about 218 pounds. He was around, I think he said, like low 230s uh, last year. Um, we saw constant workout videos. And, you know, those things are obviously taken for what it's worth. But he at least he, he was seemed to be putting in the work with, you know, players on his own team as well as veterans from around the league. So it seems like from an attitude perspective, Haskins got the message and, and, and you know, put himself in a better position. And Rivera has lately started to praise Haskins a lot as if he's saying, hey, I recognize this kid did what I wanted. And I'm going to reward him with, with some nice things to say. All, all that said, I think they do like Kyle Allen. And again, in this whole shortened offseason, if you had to win a game today, Kyle Allen would give you the best chance in terms of the playbook. I mean, he knows it. Rivera estimated Alex Smith maybe knows 75% of it as a old school vet. And Haskins would be a little bit less than that. Kyle Allen's obviously at 100%. So, um, you know, I, I don't think there's a no chance that Kyle Allen does does good things. If we see the Haskins we saw the last two games of last year, that's very promising. But if we don't, and Haskins reverts to some bad habits, you know, at the end of the day, Rivera did not draft this kid. I think they do want to see how it plays out. They need to know if he's the guy, and that's why I don't really buy into the Alex Smith part of this equation. I don't even know how Alex Smith ever passes a physical, let alone gets back on the field. But even if you do, I, what's the upside of playing him other than it's an amazing story? you need to see what Dwayne Haskins can do. So to me, I'm with you. He would be the guy I would keep using. But, And I think that's the more than likely chance. I do think, though, there's a chance Kyle Allen could play the Alex Smith part. Let me see him pass the physical first and then we can go
0: from there. All right. One more look at the running back position before we wrap things up here on this episode. All you got to do is go back to 2017 to find Bryce Love at Stanford running for 2118 yards and 19 touchdowns. Uh, This guy, if he comes out after that year, probably has an entire different story to the start of his NFL career. Of course, we know injuries have really hurt him since then, but what do we think we're going to see from him in those first two or those only two weeks of uh, of training camp that we have looks at players before this season gets underway?
2: I, you know, I, re- I really wish we knew. I, I mean, it's a huge mystery. You know, it sucks coming on a show like this. You guys are turning to people like me as to be the quote-unquote expert for what's going on, and mm-hmm. all I can say is, well, I don't really know because we haven't seen squat. But he, in his case, it's really important. Sure, he passes physical, and that's great. But what does he look like? Does he look like the guy – who's got the same moves that we saw at Stanford is the cutting there, the speed, the, you know, the elusive plays, uh, you know, is he a playmaker? Uh, if, if that type of running back is there, wow, this, this could be a really impressive group again for the long haul with him as sort of the early down back and Gibson is maybe the, the passing, you know, more of the passing down guy, but I don't, I don't know. At least I think though with Geis out of there, there's now definitively a space for him on the roster, and there's and, and they still have some time for him to, to to work his way back in with Peterson there, with with Gibson, with me. Peyton Barber. Certainly not an exciting player, but you know a, a guy you can you can plug and play if if need if need to. So I, I'm super Bryce Love is maybe the the one guy I'm like mo, almost most excited to see because it's just been a total mystery for for a year. And you know if we're talking fantasy, uh, you know I don't know maybe there's a dart throw late in a, in a redraft. Situation, but probably not just because, you know, you've got some other guys, but I definitely think he's fascinating. I wish there was a preseason for sure for a guy like him so we could actually see him on the field. But, you know, hopefully seeing him in practice will at least get some sense as to what, you know, if he's more than just a guy who's active, that he's actually still got some of those moves.
0: Yeah, those uh, two weeks across the league where we are getting some padded practices really going to be our only window into some of the more interesting situations across the league. And, of course, now with Darius Geis getting his justified release, Washington's backfield falls into that conversation as well. Ben, thanks again for joining us today. Guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod. Obviously, the subscriptions are great, but the ratings and reviews are something we appreciate in a big way as well. And if you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, you can go to theathletic.com slash in 15 and get 40% off your first year with us. For Derek Van Riper and Ben Standing, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 we will be back with you tomorrow. Have a great day. Thanks for listening.